Welcome back, gentlefolk. Last time, while the rest of the party managed to subdue Willow, Diote found himself trapped in the streets by the sorceress's nefarious magic. Will Diote be able to escape and help Luid, Lydia, and Abigail deal with Willow and the sorceress? Or will the approaching monster end his journey once and for all? Only the dice know. So, listener, the time has come to roll and tell. Welcome back to Roll and Tell. I'm Christian. And I am Jeffrey. We are your players, your storytellers, and the chickens that, when you're feeding us out back in your barn, whisper sexual things to you quietly. Good gravy. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, audience. Do you feel alienated yet? <laughs> Do you feel alone and scared? Because I do. I'm sitting in my little recording area and I feel so terrified by what Christian just said. I don't know why that's terrifying. It's, you know. You don't know why that's terrifying. Okay. Uh, l- I would I would love to explain why that is just truly, deeply unsettling, but we've Please got a show Please give me a crash course. No, give me no, a, give not, me a crash we're not, course. We're, we're going through. We're going, we're going right, right through the <laughs> okay. chickens. And the dark, the dark, terrible things that they are saying to you when you feed them and moving right on because we are two players, okay. no game master, only chaos. Um, all right. All right. OK, so <laughs> let's do quick, quick rehash. We know we know Willow and Lydia are unconscious. And as we're going into the scene, it we have decided that this is a separate scene now. It's it's deviated enough from what the previous scene was. And yeah. basically, we just know that Diodi needs to get back, and there are some serious dangers looming, as he is currently stuck in a stone arm, as are the rest of the troops in Marigold. Yeah, it's not a great place to be in. And uh, hopefully you can find a way out of that. And I think that's what the major thrust of this first scene is going to be, is can you find a way to escape in time? Because something is coming over the horizon. We don't know what it is, but it's a coming and it ain't good. I mean, you're great at crafting scenes. Uh, do you do you have a good idea of what you think this scene is? Yeah, I think this one's pretty simple. Uh, Diodi attempts to escape. From the stone hands before the creature arrives and makes it to the castle. Uh, we are currently at a Chaos 8 as Chaos went up after that most recent scene. So we got to beat that. Oh my god. I don't, I don't understand this number. Like, this number has some importance with us. I mean, you know what it is. It's a 2. Oh, of course it has importance to us. We are you and I. <laughs> two. <laughs> two players. <laughs> yeah. That's true. It is maybe the most important number to us. Okay, that's well, that true. means that's an interruption, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. God, let's see what that interruption is. 
I rolled a 99, which is current context. Are we rolling subject and action for like what is the kind of interruption of this current context? Yeah. Uh, I'll take subject. All right. I rolled a 19, which is close. I got illness. Close illness. Oh, you know what, Christian? I actually have a really good idea about close illness. And it might not be something the audience is expecting, but it's 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 in my my little brain. And maybe we should take this off mic and you'll see what happens with close illness in the scene. Diodi feels the tight grip of a hand around his leg in this moment. But it's not just a normal hand. It's a hand made of stone. And it is squeezing his leg in such a way that he cannot relieve his leg from this hand. He can't move. And he sees the rest of the soldiers nearby, including Lady Marigold, in the same grip of similar hands. And he hears this massive creature in the distance coming closer and closer and he's freaking out. But he knows he needs to remain calm, so he tries to calm himself down and just think, think of something to do to get himself out of this situation as he tries to tug his leg a couple more times, realizing that that's just not going to get him out. And even though this grip is tight around his leg, he does see if there's any way that he can squeeze the butt of his weapon, of his mace, in between this hand and his leg. Diodi, you scan the stony grip that is around your leg, and you can see that it is almost flush with your body. There is no space between you and it, as if the liquid that had congealed into this stone morphed into a shape that perfectly matched your body. And he knows he needs to do something quick, otherwise everyone around him is going to perish. He analyzes the hand realizing that the fingers are most likely the weakest point. Even though they're still made of stone, they're probably the weakest point of these hands. So he takes the butt of his mace, lifts it up, and tries to ram it down onto the fingers in an attempt to break them, maybe just one by one. Uh, This would require a huge feat of strength, so that would be a Defy Danger strength roll. Uh, well, (laughs) that is a failure. Well, my little friend, given the interruption of the scene, it's a perfect time for it to come in, and I think you're going to get something a little bit surprising happening as a result of this failure. Diodi, you take your mace, and you use the butt of it like a hammer to smack against the fingers of this hand, but you're just not strong enough. The stone is too thick, and after you make a few bold attempts to crack the fingers, you find yourself too exhausted to continue. And as you stare at the hand that is wrapped around your leg, something unusual happens. Diodi, you watch as like a living creature, the fingers on this hand unfurl and release you from its grasp. And Diodi doesn't take any time to think about it. He steps away and he watches as that hand remains open and he makes as much distance as he can as he looks towards the other troops to see if the same thing happened to them or not. All right, okay, so I know why I am doing this, and I will say that, uh, given the logic, I know why it has opened. 
I will say that it is very unlikely that the rest of them will be released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with those odds. Okay, yeah, that's an exceptional no. Diodi, you check to see if the guards are experiencing what you could only call this same miracle. But instead, you see something more akin to a nightmare. More of these liquefied hands emerge from the ground, grabbing onto arms, legs, weapons, anything that they can grab. And they start to solidify as well. And they pull the soldiers and Marigold closer to the ground until they are trapped flat against the ground by numerous hands that are keeping them in place. And Diodi's heart is beginning to pound so fast it feels like it's going to burst from his chest. He knows he needs to do something. And in his mind, he's asking, why? Why was he released, but not the others? Okay, I want to ask Fade a question here, and this might sound batty, but it, it feels real, and I want to confirm it for, for everything. And uh, that question is, has the sorceress been listening to your thoughts? Well, I mean, I know, we know that she's been in Diodi's head and has been talking to him. And I mean, similar to Abigail, but I do think it's either very likely or nearly certain that she's been listening in on Diodi's thoughts. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Especially here in this domain. Yeah, which do we want to go with? Very likely or nearly I think, certain? I think nearly certain. Nearly certain, we've got a yes. And just a split second after Diodi thinks those thoughts to himself, he hears a voice come into his head. One that by this point, he is oh so familiar with. Welcome back, whatever your name was. Now, last time that you and I spoke, we had something of a deal. And you are not making good on your side of the promise. You're bringing people into this that have nothing to do with it. And look, I just want to close out our bargain. So, if you just let these nice people in shining armor take a little nap here on the ground, I won't hurt them. I promise. I promise. But if you stay here another second and try to help them, I swear, I will crush you beneath the full force of my power. So, 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 why don't you just scurry back to the castle so that we can finish this? And Diodi's torn. He needs to ask one question before he proceeds. He responds to the sorceress. How can I trust you? Why were you attacking us in the first place? Why didn't you just let us through then? <laughs> Trust me. me. You can't trust me. I can't even trust myself. And Diodi, with his knees bent, ready to run in either direction, ready to pounce at the troops and Marigold, ready to run towards the castle, he's torn. He just doesn't know if he can trust the sorceress. And he makes a connection to Sunder's mind. He's ready to call on them. He's ready to tell them to just burst into the city, to save Marigold and the others. After all, the sorceress has hurt so many people around him. But this is the first time that he can really think of that she said that she would not hurt someone that he cares about. And so he cuts that connection with Sunder's mind. 
and instead, as he begins to turn towards the castle, he just shouts back to Lady Marigold. I'll be back, Lady Marigold. Stay there. You won't get hurt, I promise. I'll be back. And he sprints towards the castle. All right, I want to ask this question of the fate chart, which I think is a, a certainty. The sound of the approaching creature, does it stop? Based off of the information we know about the sorceress right now, this might sound a little bit weird to our audience, but I mean, I want, I want to say certain. Ooh, that's an interesting little thing. Number one, it's a yes, but it is an interruption. All right, roll up what the interruption is. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. NPC action. So I think we have some obvious NPCs who could be interacting with this moment. We have the Sorceress, we have Marigold, and we have Sunder. So I'll roll a d4 in that order, the Sorceress, Marigold, Sunder, and then four is rolling in. Roll again. Oh, it's it's Sunder. That's interesting. That is interesting. All right, Sunder, what, what are you doing here? Because you didn't talk to Sunder. I didn't, no. All right, would you roll a subject? Stop. Personal. Oh, I kind of like that. I think he... I think it's just been a while, and he's probably seen action through the gates, and he knows stuff is happening, so maybe he just... It's, it's kind of funny, you were about to contact him, and maybe he's just got one of those, like, his ears are ringing, so he, he contacts you to check in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. Diodi, as you turn to head to the castle, Marigold, who is just flat prone against the ground, gives you a look and a sigh, but then she hears the sound of whatever was approaching stop approaching, and she feels the hands that are holding her down almost loosen ever so slightly, as if they're not trying to harm her anymore. And that is confusing to her, but she looks to you, Diodi, and she calls out, All right, Diodi Kismeta, I trust you, but hurry. Diodi doesn't stop. He just keeps running. And Diodi, as you keep moving towards the castle, you hear a voice come into your head, and it surprises you a little bit because you didn't fully reach out to him. But it seems like your connection, your far-speak connection, was not fully cut. And you hear Sunder's voice come into your head as if he was responding to prolonged silence and static that appeared into his head. Diodi, is everything okay? We've seen from a distance what looks like waves of creatures or, or people swarming you. Do we need to come in? And Diodi quickly responds, No, no, Captain Sunder. No. Don't come in. I can't fully explain right now, but that'll just get everyone else hurt. I'll let you know if we need you. And Captain Sunder responds one more time, Yes, Diodi. Do not hesitate. We are ready to serve you and the Ring of the Hand. And Diodi makes sure to cut the connection off fully this time as he continues to run. Well, Christian, do you think chaos goes up? Because I do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It it was all just interruptions and wackiness galore. So we're at a nine. Yeah, I think most pertinently... Our main antagonist is behaving in a very confusing way, which I guess is par for the course for her, but I think we're starting to get a little bit of insight into what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I dude, I'm so excited about it too. Like <laughs> it's it this is so interesting. All right. Um okay. So, 
this next scene is going to be interrupted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be. So <laughs> I'm putting that into the world so it won't be, but it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be. This next scene, I think, as Diodi returns to the castle and finds Willow and Lydia unconscious, the group decides together how to proceed forward. Now, before we discuss this scene too much, because I have a lot that I want to say, let's go ahead and just get the roll out of the way, huh? I'll do it. Unbelievable! It's a 10! <laughs> no freaking way, dude. I'm not joking! There's, there's no freaking way. This is, in this moment, if this was if this was video, if this was video, I would force the camera to show you all that this is a 10. This is incredible. <laughs> uh, little do you guys know, Jeffrey literally has a die that is just all 10s, so. Well, yeah. Don't you? <laughs> I do. It's right here. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, then, great. Let's dis- let's discuss this a little bit because here's the thing that we need to discuss. We have this very vague idea that Willow has foresight and she has seen a future. And in this future, in order for the sorceress to die, Lydia must die. We know Abigail needs to do it. Needs to like kill the sorceress in whatever way that means. She's the only one that can, whatever that implies. But we now know that. In whatever vision Willow saw, Lydia must die. Why is that? Yeah, why must Lydia die in order for all of this to work? I would like to do a subject in action if you are feeling so bold. I think that's actually the only way to, <laughs> to do this because this has been baffling us for a while since we figured this, since we, since we basically heard that. So I think this is the only way we need to. Yeah, Lord knows we're not going to think it through. We're going to get a random prompt to help us logically think it. Yeah, yeah. So I'll take action. I'll take subject. Ooh, I got a good action for this, actually. I rolled an 81, which is ruin. Oh, fascinating. Because mine is broad, but with ruin, that is interesting because it's conflict. Ruin conflict. I mean, what what are your immediate thoughts? Because mine mine are bouncing everywhere. I have a lot. Well, it, it sounds like you got stuff. Go ahead, like spit them out. Yeah, yeah. So ruin conflict. Immediately, what my brain starts starts tossing out is that Lydia is basically she, she's become she's almost become a voice of reason in our group, and I I think the sorceress saw that, and I think. Lydia would be someone to... She'll stop whatever Abigail needs to do. Right. Exactly. Yes. Oh, that is fascinating. Yeah, because Lydia has been developing all this emotional intelligence after like overcoming all this trauma. And Abigail is starting to descend further into her trauma because she has been so protected from it. She's just not been thinking about it. And Lydia is the one who will be able to stop her from doing whatever she needs to do because it might be bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the sorceress knows whatever needs to happen is going to negatively affect Abigail, but Lydia would be there to stop it. That is fascinating because it's not Lewid, it is Lydia that will actually stop whatever the the bad thing that might happen is. Yeah. So I think ruin conflict, we can say for certain there is something bad about what Abigail needs to do. I love it. I am so excited about that idea. Cool. Awesome. Diodi, 
You walk through the streets of the Ring of the Hand and eventually find your way to the drawbridge once more. There is no resistance. No one is trying to stop you. It is quiet. You cross the drawbridge, enter the foyer of the castle, and see all of your companions here, gathered around the stairs. Abigail, Lewid, Minuet, Dawn, Ven, and Dakota stand near Willow and Lydia, both of which are on the ground and not moving. And gosh dang it, if it isn't one of Diodi's hugest flaws to think that the worst has happened to one of his friends when he sees a situation like this, he runs up to the group as quickly as possible. And he asks desperately, She's not dead, is she? Lydia's not dead, right? Right? And he shakes Abigail's shoulder. And you didn't hurt Willow, right? I told you not to hurt Willow. Please tell me they're both okay, please. Lewid sees how desperate you are for answers, and frankly, after some of the things that Abigail said during the fight, he's a little bit concerned she's not the best person to answer these questions right now. So, he intervenes. Diodi, Lydia, and Willow are okay. They're just unconscious. And Diodi takes a huge sigh of relief. He's still concerned about them, but at least they're not dead. So, Lewid, what happened? What happened while I was trying to make it back? Well, uh, Willow made good on her promise to attack us, and Lydia did everything in her power to make sure that Willow was not hurt. I want you to know that Lydia did everything she could to protect her, despite the fact that Willow was dead set on killing her. And Diodi gives a little nod and a smile. He doesn't know everything that happened, but based off of what Lou had just said, he's proud of Lydia, because he knows in the past, Lydia could have easily snapped Willow's neck if she wanted to. Then Diodi, Minuet tugs on your sleeve. And Diodi quickly looks to Minuet, relieved to see that she's okay too, but has a curious face, wondering what she has to say. Minuet is wringing her porcelain hands, and she quietly says to you, Yodi, I'm... I'm glad to see that you're okay. I was I was very worried. But uh I have not treated any wounds yet because we wanted we wanted to make sure that you were here before we woke Willow up. Diodi nods his head. He understands. And he says, "Okay. Well, I'm here now, so I think it's it's time that we wake them up." right? But Abigail responds to that simply by saying, we need people holding her down. We need to make sure she's not going to do anything else to Lydia. So she motions to Vin, Dakota, Lewid, and she says, would you three mind holding Willow down? They agree, and Lewid pulls a length of rope out of his bags and proceeds to tie Willow's hands up, just to be sure, behind her back. Vin takes a position behind her, and then from behind places an arm around her body, from shoulder to shoulder, and then another arm, and then laces another arm through hers to fully restrain her. Dakota, meanwhile not knowing what to do exactly with these instructions, uh, awkwardly puts their hands on Willow's feet. And even though Don wasn't directed to do anything, he moves forward as well, and he takes out one of his hammers, and almost something that looks like a railroad spike, and starts to tap it into the rope behind Willow into the stone. 
to ensure that Willow won't be doing anything tricky with her hands. And Minuet approaches Willow for a moment and then remembers that there was one person who was most helpful in subduing Willow that should probably be awake for this. And so she heals Lydia first. And Lydia, you feel a bright light entering your eyes as they begin to flick open alongside this cool porcelain touch along your skin. It's a cooling touch that makes your body feel like it's in a chilly winter breeze, but it's relieving. Your eyes continue to open as you see all of your friends hovering above you, staring down at you. Oh, shit. Okay, so I've I've beat up a lot of people before, but uh, I I definitely think that was the first time that I knocked myself out. I, I think that's what happened. And Abigail gives you a smile, and Diodi gives a little bit of a chuckle as he reaches his hand out to help you up from the ground. And Lydia looks at your hand, is about to reject it and push herself up when she realizes that'd be rude for no reason. She takes your hand disgruntledly, lets you think you're helping her up. (laughs) And Diodi feels accomplished helping you up. (laughs) Lydia sees how accomplished you feel and she tries to hide a smile. And Diodi's the first one to ask, Are you okay, Lydia? I heard about what happened. Lydia's feeling a lot of things, many of which she is not feeling ready to share. And she knows that there are far more important things to do right now. So she pushes them aside and says, Ah, kid, you worry too much. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. We just, we gotta keep moving, okay? Diodi nods his head. And then he looks over towards Willow. Okay, everyone's here. Let's wake her up. In Minuet, looking as if she's about to handle a snake, cringes, approaching Willow, and says out loud, Okay, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm waking her up now. And then she places her hands on Willow, and slowly her healing magic starts to move through Willow. And the moment Willow's eyelashes begin to bat, Minuet pulls away quickly and moves as far away as she can from Willow. Do we want to roll for Willow's behavior? Oh, yeah, like her behavior right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to do character conversation to see how she reacts in conversation? Or do you want to do character action combat or character action general? Do you want to roll in character actions general? Yeah, sure. Interesting. Character actions general mature. Now, mm. I will say that this is technically saying the verb mature as in she's maturing as an action which is interesting so i think i know how she's going to respond willow slowly awakes and she sees all of us huddled around her she still is feeling those urges from the battle she was in she tries to move her hands and feels that they are well and truly bound she feels the muscles of ven against her back And her first instinct is to continue fighting. She doesn't know what you're going to do to her. And so she thinks I need to get out of here. But she sees Diodi back. She sees Lydia back. She only sees really one person here who has what I would call an aggressive attitude towards her. And that is Abigail. And so Willow sighs deeply 
knows that she has lost this battle and simply waits for us to address her. Diodi feels a little nudge at his side. It's Abigail's elbow. And he knows. He knows he needs to say something. And he wants to. He's just not sure what to say. He's so confused. He thought he knew Willow before this, but he feels like he was mistaken. However, he takes a couple steps forward, and he gets down on his knees in front of Willow. In this moment, he wants to be comforting, but he also just kind of wants to know the truth. Willow, we all care about you here. We care about your well-being. We don't want anything bad to happen to you. That's why you're still here, I guess. And I, I care about you so much, but I'm so confused. Why were you trying to kill Lydia? You said all of this stuff about fate, all these things about Lydia needing to die, and that's what needed to happen in order for the sorceress to die, and I guess, Willow, I just want you to be clear about what's going on. I just need to know what you saw, why Lydia has to be dead to move forward, because frankly, we're not going to let that happen. And you can see that. Willow isn't looking at you, Diodi. But not because she doesn't want to, it just seems like she can't. As if she can't bear to look at you in this moment. You see her lips slowly part, as if she's about to speak, and then just as quickly they close again. She seems like she's struggling to say anything at all. Diodi sees that she's struggling. And so, instead of standing on his knees in front of her, he readjusts himself so that instead now, He's sitting right next to her, shoulder to shoulder, as he looks to his left towards her. You watch as Willow once again tries to speak, and you can't be certain, but you have to believe that your proximity helped in some way, shape, or form. And finally, she says, Diodi, I wish I could explain everything, but there is one thing that I have learned from my powers. And that is that informing people of the future is the best way to mess it up. And Diodi, I've already told you, there is only one way the sorceress dies. I've seen it. A thousand times I've seen it in my mind haunting me. And if Lydia is alive and here, Lydia will be the one to make sure that Abigail does not do what she needs to do. A small current of a reaction goes through our party, everybody taking in that information differently. Lydia hears that. She can't help it. She takes a step back and she can't filter it out. The words creep out of her mouth. She just says, what? I, I, I don't understand any of this. And Diodi gestures towards Lydia and says, Yeah, she's, she's doing everything she can to help us take down the sorceress. That doesn't make any sense, Willow. And Willow finally looks at you, Diodi, her gray eyes locked on your green eyes. And she says, That is because you do not understand the cost, the sacrifice that will need to be made to defeat the sorceress. When Lydia knows... She will be the one to stop Abigail. I'm sorry, Willow, that's just... Simply, that's dumb. I'm not going to be sacrificing any of my friends for this world to, to kill the sorceress. I can take down the sorceress without hurting my friends. 
maybe you can take a note from that too. Oh boy, Abigail, when you say that, it does not have the desired reaction. Willow turns to look at you, and she smiles at you, and she says, Precisely, I know that you would give up any part of yourself to save your friends in this world, and that is exactly what I am counting on. And Abigail's taken back a little bit by that, but she just stares daggers at Willow, still trying to understand the situation fully. Meanwhile, Lewid hears that, and he doesn't quite know what to think of it, but he doesn't know what to think of any of this, because he knows they are missing key elements, and that Willow knows them. And so he says out loud, seemingly to nobody, but his voice is oddly directed towards Diodi. I can see that she's not going to give us specifics, not unless we make her. And Diodi looks at Willow, and says as politely as he can, Willow, we really need to see what's going to happen. We need to see what you're seeing. Because we're going to try no matter what. We're going to try to forge our own path. Please let me into your mind so I can see everything that you're trying to keep from us. Willow wants to say no. Willow wants to struggle. You can see that on her, but she knows that she can't. And so she looks you in the eyes Diodi, and says, Diodi, I wish that I did not have to burden you with this knowledge, but I know that there's nothing I can do to stop you. Diodi, knowing that he no longer has to touch someone to brainworm them, he can brainworm from a distance, chooses to do so anyway, chooses to place his hand on Willow's shoulder, and he attempts to brainworm which I got three hold. I think I need to ask, what is your character trying to hide? Because she's not being fully upfront about sure, yeah. this vision. So I think that's the most logical question. So let me ask, what is your character trying to hide? I assume the answer to that question is the vision she saw. And I, I think it's so obvious that I, I don't feel like I need to ask that. So it is the vision that she saw. Now, audience... We are slowly going to be unraveling the biggest question of this campaign now. How does the sorceress die? Christian and I have spent a lot of time discussing this off microphone, and there's a reason for that. Christian and I have realized that we want this to make sense. A culmination of all of the random roles that we have done so far. For all of that to factor into the answer to this one question. And so, Christian and I have had a lot of discussion about how the sorceress dies and what that means. On top of that as well, to add who the sorceress is and why she's doing what she's doing. These will not be questions that we necessarily, some of them to some degree we might do some random prompting for, but I just wanted to let you know up front that we are trying to use all of the things we have already learned so that we can find the most satisfying and interesting conclusion to this story. So expect plenty of random rolls still, but there will be some information that we will just be checking with fate to see if we are correct. And so not to spoil anything, I am going to ask fate this question. Is Willow's vision what I think it is? And for odds, we can never be certain about this kind of thing, but it feels very logical based on what we the storytellers know. So I want to give it likely. I, I, I think likely feels most accurate and honest, but we will see 
What happens? Oh, that is a yes. But it is just barely. Diodi, you enter that familiar space. You hear the whispers. You see the threads. You start peering through them, combing through them, trying to find the one that you need to find right now. And it takes a while. It's deep in Willow's mind. But finally, you find a single thread that is throbbing. You tug on that thread, and before your eyes, a shadowy scene plays out. Diodi, everywhere you look is darkness. And every so often, like a crack of thunder, a part of the scene lights up for you to see. You see two shadows struggling. One that looks distinctly like Abigail, and the other is in a cloak. Every so often, these shadows will vanish and then appear somewhere else in your vision. Whenever you see these figures, they are only there for a moment, and then they dissipate and then appear somewhere else again in your vision, struggling with one another. And then finally, you see one terrible image in your mind. The cloaked figure lies dead at Abigail's feet. But Abigail is hunched over, panting like an animal, black tendrils of smoke moving away from her body. And then the vision stops. Diodi trying to fully grasp what he saw can't completely. It's difficult to make out this, this abstract vision of Willows. He understands the basics of it, though, that Abigail might just simply be putting herself in danger if she kills the sorceress. He feels like he might need some more information, so he, he asks another question. He tries to find, in Willow's mind, what Willow's character wants most. And Diodi, you sift through more threads, you find all sorts of things that she wants, but that one thing she wants most is hidden behind all of them. And as you tug on that thread, once again, you see a tumultuous scene, like a thunderstorm. Only this time, unlike the previous, it is worse. All around you, black smoke billows. You hear thunder cracks, and in one of them, the shadows light up like stage lights, revealing Abigail approaching the sorceress. Abigail looks ready to kill, but then Lydia stands in front of Abigail. And as the light disappears, you see another bolt of lightning in the storm, and you see Lydia and Abigail dead on the ground. You see the sorceress's face like a colossal, shadowy presence flying towards your own vision as if it is going to consume you. But then, the vision rewinds. The shadowy presence pulls back. You see the scene play out again in reverse. And then it is replaced by the other vision you saw. Abigail, standing over the sorceress, panting, hunched, black tendrils, exuding from her body. Diodi still holding on to this, this area of Willow's mind, this specific area, what seems to be her divine visions. He wants to see one more thing. He dives once again into her mind to see if he can figure out who or what does Willow value most. 
I'm going to roll at random for that a character motivation. Interestingly, I rolled that her motivation is pain. And so I think I know what she values most. You see visions of a little girl playing in her yard with her father. You see her mother, Corliss. You'd recognize her anywhere, standing a ways away, watching. And then you see the little girl stop moving, the ball that she was kicking rolling away from her. And the little girl places her hand to her head and then doubles over as if she's in pain. Both the father and the mother run to this fiery-headed young elf. But before the mother can reach her, this child, who you know to be Willow, backs away from her mother, pointing at her. And you hear the child say, I know what you're going to do. And then D.O.D., like a torrent of images flying through your mind. You see so much of Willow's life play out. You see Corliss placing some kind of spell on Willow to make her forget everything that she just saw. You then see her locking her away in her room with only her father for company. You see the scenes that you saw in Austeel of her father being murdered. You see young Willow being banished from her home by her own mother. You see her running through the woods, tired, filthy, hurt. You see her being racked by more visions of the future. And then you see her finding a cloaked figure in some shadowy part of this world. They seem to strike some kind of agreement. And then, Diodi, you see visions that you have already seen before. You see Willow meeting you through her eyes. You see her getting to know some of your companions and the kindnesses that they have given her, the trust they put in her. You see Lydia helping her after she got hurt saving both of you from the fairy's realm. And you see her in the moment just before she attacks Lydia, you feel it, her hesitation to hurt her. And through all of it, Diodi, there is a prevailing feeling she just wants the pain to stop. She doesn't want to be hurt anymore. And she was lucky enough when she was with you and Lydia and Lewid and Abigail to for a moment feel what it was like to be trusted and have friends. And that's what she wants more than anything in the world. Diodi doesn't hesitate. He pulls himself from Willow's mind, and with such a heavy heart, he looks into Willow's eyes as best he can, and he simply just speaks truths. You've been controlled all of your life. You've been told what to do and what to think, what not to do, and what you're not allowed to think. You've had many people hurt you, and far fewer accept you, and we're not going to be those people that hurt you. I feel like you've been guided by your pain, and whether or not your visions are true, I think they come from a painful place. Most of all, I want you to know that there can be a world in which you don't live in this pain anymore, that you're not told what to do or what to think, who you're allowed to be. Diodi looks over towards Abigail, gestures for her to give him her dagger, and Abigail's 
extremely hesitant. She doesn't know what Diodi's about to do, but she trusts Diodi. She hands him her dagger, and Diodi takes the dagger and cuts the rope from behind Willow, releasing her hands. And he takes a moment. He's not worried or scared about what she might do. As he continues to look into her eyes, he says, Willow, I know your mom covered and hid and erased some of your memories from you. It made you think that you did awful things. But I'm asking you right now, because you've been living in pain and you see pain, would you let me erase this vision from your mind so that we can make our own fate and not follow this path of pain that you think is the only option. So we can at least try to follow our own path. Would you allow me to do that? Ven, who had been holding on to Willow this whole time, recognizes that there is a delicate negotiation of sorts happening here. And so he releases Willow so that she can have room to breathe. And Dakota, who this entire time has uncomfortably been holding on to Willow's feet, also releases Willow, even though it didn't really do much to stop them. Willow looks you in the eyes, Diodi. And before Willow responds, I want to ask a very important question. Are all of Willow's visions, to some degree, true? Yeah, and I think this once again goes back to what we've discussed about the truth of the matter and what Willow is seeing. Because of that, I'm going to say certain. That's a yes. Diodi, you still don't understand. Everything that I see is true, and whether it's in my mind or not, it will still be true. And yes, the visions of the future are mutable. They can change, but not always for the better. I have firmly believed that it was my job to help guide all of you to the future that causes the least amount of pain. Do you understand what I'm saying, Diodi? If we do not follow this vision, there is no guarantee that we will succeed. None. In fact, out of everything that I have seen, it is far more likely that more people will die. Perhaps the entire Wilderheath. I don't know that I can let you remove this vision because it's... it's the only way. The only way that so many people don't get hurt. And Yodi stares back at Willow, and he says, Willow, I saw those visions in your head, and I believe that what you've seen is true. But that might just be based off of what's happened up until this point. You yourself even said that these visions, they've changed. That you've changed the future, and that I've changed the future because of ways that, because of ways that I've messed it up. Who's to say that there isn't a better outcome if we continue to change what we're doing? Who's to say that there isn't a path that we make ourselves that ensures a safe future for everybody without Lydia having to die? Willow, I trust you entirely that what you're seeing is true, but the truth has changed and it can continue to change. What if we, Lydia, Lewid, Abigail, Dakota, and Ven, Minuet, and Dawn, 
myself, and you? What if together we can create a new vision that's just a little bit better than the last one? Diori, I thought that was really fascinating. And I have a question because I think there is one last thing that she is hanging on to about why she wouldn't reject this as being the only option. So I have a question for the fate chart. Is the vision she has seen where the sorceress dies the one that the sorceress has accepted as the way she'll go? That's an interesting question. Because we know that she has to be talking to the sorceress about all of this, right? Right, yeah. I mean, that's, that's so difficult. I don't know, actually, because, I mean, when you think about the sorceress, she's so, in a dark sense, whimsical. And, like, it, it feels like she's very much the person that could be so hell-bent on something happening. But I can also see her as being like, well, anything could happen. Yeah, but the, the, the thing, the argument I'll give you is we know that she... I don't know if wants the right word, but she wants to die. She expects to die. She expects to die. But, and this is something I want to get into as Willow, because we don't know too much about her quote-unquote personality. I think there's a chance that she wants to do it on her terms. So then, what would you put it at? I don't know. I'm I'm inclined to say 50-50 because we don't know. Right. I'm torn between 50-50 and likely. So then, based off what you're saying, I'm almost there to say 50-50. All right, let's do it. Do you want to roll or shall I? I'll do it. So it was an 83, which is, once again, barely a yes. Which makes sense for the sorceress. But yeah, yeah. Here, here's what I'm going to say in response to everything Diodi just said. You watch Willow's face go through an assortment of expressions as you explain all of that. You see her want to fight back. You see her accept it you see her appreciate the trust that you're putting in her you see her fully reject it at times on her face but in the end she fumbles around with words hopelessly until she says okay okay yodi i no harm will come to lydia by my hand i didn't want to hurt her in the first place but yodi us us committing to a new path to forge another future and and fortunately hopefully I can see the way it plays out and know for certain that it'll work there are some elements about this that will never change Abigail must kill the sorceress and Diodi when you all know the cost you will try to stop it Diodi reaches down his hand to Willow, in a gesture to help her up. In doing so, he asks, Well, Willow, what is that cost? Willow hangs her head in response to that, and she tells you, Honestly, Diodi, I... I'm afraid I, I don't know the answer to that question. All I have seen is that it will be a terrible cost to her. One that none of you can accept. But I believe that the only person who knows the answer to that question is waiting for us right now. And I am certain she will be more than willing to tell us herself. And upon Abigail's face, anyone that might be looking at her in this room would see concern and a tinge of fear. But more than anything, 
a determination that is not swayed by any mention of this cost. A determination that almost looks like she's ready to pay whatever price is waiting for her. And Lydia is watching Abigail. She sees this look on her face and it does not make her feel good. But she knows there's only one thing left to do. And so she says out loud, All right, I'm getting really sick of hearing about future and sorceresses and monsters and costs and sacrifices and shit. And I just honestly, let's get this over with. It's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. So let's go see the sorceress. folks, the sorceress we will see. Thank you for listening to Into the Wilderheath 34. Roll and Tell is produced by Jeffrey Sneed and edited by Christian Pollock. As usual, big thank you for listening all the way up until this point. I really want to thank our Patreon members. It's been an amazing ride up until this point, and we would not be producing the show in this extent without our wonderful Patreon members. So thank you so much to all of you who support us, and right now is that time of the month where we shout out our members who are at the $5 Patreon tier and above. So humongous thank you to Nicholas, Abby, Helen, Ryan, Marley, Yuki, Maddie, Paul, Emily, Elizabeth, and Casey. Saying all of your names for the shout-out part of the month never gets old, because I cannot properly express how grateful I am. If you're curious about what else our Patreon members are getting over on our Patreon, go check it out. We have bonus episodes and content that you're not going to get on our normal feed, including Disasterpiece Theater and talkback episodes called Roll and Tell Me About It, where we discuss the episodes we just recorded. The link to our Patreon is in the description of this episode. If you want to get in contact with us, of course, I'm sure you've heard me say a million times before, but we have a Twitter, we have an Instagram, at RollAndTellPod. Plus, we have a Discord. The link to that is in the description of this episode as well. There, you can talk to us on a more personal basis, discuss things about the show and things not about the show. We learned a lot this episode. We learned that there is a faded path that the sorceress expects to happen. A way that she expects to die. A way that needs to happen. But we also learned that that path has changed, ever so slightly, based on the actions of our characters and Willow herself. But some factors have been true the whole time. Abigail has to kill the sorceress. Something bad will happen to her if she does. And that Lydia is the one that's able to stop Abigail from killing the sorceress. But there has to be another way, right? Is there a way that fate hasn't seen? Is there an outcome that's just slightly better, in which nobody has to pay this price? This next episode, we will be meeting the sorceress. And how that encounter goes, we don't know. But this very well might be the end of our story. The end of the Lewid and Diodi campaign. The end of the Into the Wilderheath campaign. But we don't know for certain. 
but you can find out with us next time as we roll and tell. <laughs>